everybody, and welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. Today, I am bringing to you the most requested guest. I keep getting emails from you guys saying, please have her on, please have her on. And I'm excited to share with you Renee Rulo's story. For those of you who are not familiar with Renee, she is a celebrity esthetician. She has two spas in Dallas. She's getting ready to open her third location in Austin, Texas. She also has an amazing skincare product line that she retails all over the world. She's been an esthetician for 27 years and she's a celebrity esthetician. She actually opens pop-up spas every four to five weeks in different locations throughout the United States. She's going to talk about this and how she created this in today's episode of the Beauty Biz Show. I think you're going to be really enamored and inspired by her story because she shares so generously her 27 years of experience in this industry and talks about how she's built this absolutely amazing and profitable brand. And she's made decisions just from a place of being true to herself. She talked a little bit about how you can become a personal skincare assistant to many of your clients. And this is just an incredible way. What she shares is an incredible way to create client loyalty. She also shared her two best kept marketing strategies on how to get new clients flowing into your treatment room or your spa or your business. I absolutely loved this interview and I know you're going to too. I bet you when you're done listening in today, you feel inspired and energized and ready to get out there and take your business to the next level of success. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. I'm your host, Lori Crete. I am a licensed esthetician, spa owner, and beauty biz industry coach, consultant, and educator. I'm so excited to share my love of all things beauty industry related with you. So I invite you to join me each week as I feature compelling interviews with industry educators and leaders and inspirational success stories from my fellow beauty biz practitioners. Stay tuned for some powerful beauty biz inspiration. Hey, everybody, it's Lori Crete here, your host for the Beauty Biz Show, and I'm really excited to introduce you to our guest today, Renee Rulo. How are you, Renee? I'm great. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you. And um, where are you today? I'm in the beautiful city of Austin, Texas. Now, I was doing a little research on you. You are and have been my number one requested guest. Everybody wanted to hear your story on the show. (laughs) Oh, thanks. You're welcome. So I, I did some research. I know you recently moved to Austin and you had on your social media a link to an article in Elite Daily that pretty much changed your life. It did. It did. So uh, I've been in Dallas for um, 19 years and my decision to move to Dallas was one of just wanting change. And I had moved there from Boston all by myself started my second skincare business and, you know, I was young and excited and fearless and all of that. And it was ended up being a great move. Well, I thought because my company was based in Dallas that I would be staying in Dallas forever. And a friend's husband posted an article on Facebook and it was to Elite Daily. And it says, if you haven't moved five times in your life, it's, it's considered settling. And I thought, you know, I I read it and it was all about, you know, you need to get out of your comfort zone and change it up and change your scenery and life is about new adventures. And I said, wow, this is really neat. This is kind of why I moved to Dallas so many years ago. But I thought, you know, well, that's the end of the road. I'll stay in Dallas. And so I showed my husband the article and he read it and he was like, wow, that's cool. And then a day later he said to me, let's move. And I said, what? (laughs) And he said, he said, you know, we're not making any new memories. And I thought, wow. And he said, that article really hit me and there's no reason why we can't move. And six months later, we moved to Austin. We relocated our corporate office and warehouse distribution there and um, started a new life. We barely know anybody in Austin. We knew a couple people, but for the most part, it's starting over and it's really exciting. So now um, I have a spa director that runs both of my skincare spas in Dallas and she has for many years and I go back every five weeks to take clients and have meetings with my estheticians. And um, 
you know, it's just kind of life is about new adventures. And so now we've given ourselves five years to live in Austin and then we'll go somewhere else. That is amazing. And it takes bravery to do that. Part of the article, I read it and it actually was created some movement in me. I'll let you know if uh, I pack up and move sometime soon. (laughs) Sounds good. Well, it is funny because I ran into my friend's husband at an event um, about, I don't know, six weeks later or something. And I said, you changed my life. And he said, what? And I said, do you remember that article you posted on Facebook? And I said, because of that, we're moving to Austin. (laughs) So he was like, wow. I said, so thank you. There is a part that I I took out of the article that really spoke to me very loudly. And it said, leaving is just the precursor to arriving. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's a powerful article. Will you talk about what it felt like when you got to Austin? Did you just stay in a hotel for a few days? Did you? Because I see. Well, we yeah, we um, we actually. I'd only been to Austin a couple of times, even though it's only about three and a half hours from Dallas. I'd only been here, you know, in the 18, 19 years I lived here, probably only two times maybe. So I really didn't know Austin that much, but I, people loved it. And I knew I'd love the idea of it, um, of living here. But we, uh, we said, well, let's just go to Austin. We thought about all the places we'd want to live. And Austin was really top of the list. And so we said, let's just go check it out. And, um, we came down and we, we had met with a realtor just to kind of show us the area and a house, a brand new house went on the market that morning and we made an offer on it. And, uh, about seven other people did because there's so much activity in Austin right now and houses are selling so fast. Everybody's moving here. And so you have to kind of act quick. And we fell in love with this incredibly gorgeous modern home and made an offer on it. And that was the end of that. So, um, we still have our house in Dallas. We haven't sold it yet. So we're still a little bit back and forth, but, um, um, but yeah, we're really excited. And I live, we live in the city and I bicycle everywhere and just living a really fun, urban life. So, and we lived out in the country outside of Dallas. So it's quite a difference. I went from filling up my tank of gas in my car probably every three days to now, I don't know, maybe once a month I fill up my tank of gas. So it's quite nice. Well, I have a ton of questions. You just triggered a lot of them. First of all, does your husband work in your business? How is he able to pack up and move? Correct. Yes, he does. Um, He joined my company about nine years ago. He's the COO. I'm the CEO. So we, um, we are polar opposites in our personalities, which works really well. So I, I do all the things, you know, that, that I really enjoy and all the things that I'm, I don't enjoy as much or are my weaknesses. He's really good at, so it works really well. So we're actually going to go to the, uh, Cosmoprof trade show up in Vegas, um, end of next week. And, um, so we travel a lot and get new ideas and new inspiration, but he's been a huge asset to my company. And many years ago, a business consultant said to me, um, I really needed somebody like him in my company because he had a skill set that I needed. And a business consultant had said to me, business isn't romantic. And I said, wow, you're right. And so for so long, he was in his other profession. And um, I thought, you know what, you're right. You know, it's not romantic. And so, but then I kind of had a change of heart and it actually ended up being the best thing ever because he was always a sounding board and someone I could always talk to, but, but him being on the outside looking in versus actually rolling up his sleeves and, and getting to work. It really, it put us on the same team and it ended up um, being just a great decision. And I mean, we definitely have to set boundaries when we're home and not talk about work and that sort of thing. But um, it really, um, it made us a lot closer. It was great. So I definitely don't regret that decision at all. I call my guy, Jay, an esthetician by association. He is also my <laughs> He could, exactly. he could probably go in and work at my spa if I ever needed to step away for a little bit. And it is fun yeah. to have your significant other in your life in a way where they can truly understand what you're dealing with. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're absolutely right about that. We actually have a, somebody in mutual, Elizabeth from Boston. I guess she was your first yes. business partner. Yes, she was uh, was and still is my mentor. Um, uh, when I was living up in Boston, I went to aesthetic school right out of high school, and um, and actually, her um, she was my mother's esthetician for many years, and um, and she'll always 
tell the story, but she'd always say, I was the youngest of four children, and she'd always, my mom was the the most worried about me because I didn't want to go to college, and I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do, and and so she'd always tell Elizabeth, like, oh, what am I going to do about Renee, and I'm not sure what she's going to do, and so she would talk to Elizabeth about me all the time, and then me and Elizabeth ended up being business partners a few years later, so it was kind of funny, but yes, yeah, so she, um, she always wanted to... Um, open up a business, but didn't want to do it alone because she had two young children and we were coworkers. After I went to school to become an esthetician, I worked at a full service salon where she worked and she was the lead esthetician and she took me under my wing and taught me everything she knew. And then one day she said, I'd really like to open up a business and I'd love for you to be my partner. So I was, uh, 21 and we started a business and had a really successful business for five years and to this day we are still really good friends in fact we went to the Vegas show last week so I just saw her and um, and she speaks highly of you Lori and um, so she she definitely was my mentor and it's important to have mentors so I'm super grateful for everything that she taught me. She was in one of my coaching programs. And when I finally got to meet her, she has this powerful but calming presence. And when I heard her story, like this is a woman that's powered through some challenges in life. I could see where she'd be a great guide. Oh, for sure. Where are you from in Boston? Um, we moved every two to three years growing up. My dad was in retail and was getting new jobs. So I, I lived in Boston two different times in my life. Um, but outside of, um, out west of Boston in a town called Weston, and our skincare business was in Wellesley, and it's still there. It's called Elizabeth Renee Aesthetics. Awesome. I'm no longer part owner, but the Renee is my house. So I lived in Boston as well. I lived on the North Shore for a long time. I'm from Vermont, and that was my first oh, okay. big city move. I went to Boston. Oh, sure. <laughs> I love nice. that city. I miss the food there. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm. I'll be actually back there the end of this month, so that'll be nice to get back. Very cool. Well, I want to move in because I feel I follow your social media and I love how your bio says you're committed social media maven. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> but that's awesome. I want you to speak to anyone listening in. How has this helped you grow your business? Like being committed to social media is a really important element of becoming a, su- a successful esthetician or business owner in this day and age. Don't you agree? Yeah, oh sure. Yeah, I think um I think as estheticians we're helpers, we're educators, and I view social media as a as a way to help and educate people. So I I use it as a subtle sales tool, but I think um as anybody knows who's on social media, people don't like to be sold to. So you have to kind of um, use it as a way to uh, build your expertise and build trust. And then, you know, through osmosis, you'll get sales out of it um, because people go, wow, it sounds like she really knows what she's talking about. Maybe I'll check out her website. Maybe I'll try her line, you know, that sort of thing. But I've always thought of it as a tool to um, have a voice to share my knowledge and, and help others. And, I think that's really the angle that I've always taken with social media is just, hey, I have some things that people might benefit learning from. So I tweet skincare tips and I've written over 1,500 blog posts that all are very specific about skin concerns and I, um, I use those also in social media. So to me, it's just about helping and being an educator and sharing the few things I know to help other people with their skin. I admire what you do because I think we have the same mission. Like my mission really is to have us be taken seriously as professionals. Sure. And you've kind of showed up that way and you've claimed your expertise. Do you opened a spa in Austin as well, right? When you moved there, is that correct? Um, no, 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 not yet in October, in October. Okay. So, um, in the fall, I've been offering skin consultations cause we have a huge client base here. And so I've been meeting one-on-one with some clients, but, um, and actually I shouldn't say that I, um, I have, I do have a facial room set up in my house and, um, that's kind of temporary, but during South by Southwest, um, I've had some celebrity clients come in and so kind of for select clients, I'll have, I'll give them a facial in my house, but yeah, we'll, we'll be having a presence in Austin come this fall. So it's quite exciting. 
And you're going to be hiring estheticians? Estheticians, yes. I will be hiring one esthetician. So um, I'm very excited and I'd love to um, put that word out there. Um, it, it won't. We're actually just going to do weekends only. It's going to be kind of a pop-up on weekends. So it's not full-time as of yet, but, um, but a weekend only esthetician is currently what we'll be looking for. And when you are hiring somebody, what is it that you look for? Like what would get a resume to the top of the pile for you? Well, it's interesting because we actually do personality profiling. We do, um, there's a, um, a link um, to a personality test that we send to people and what it, what it um, can pick up on, there's no right or wrong answers when you're taking the test, but what it picks up on is skill set. And, um, and it can also pick up things um, about your personality that will tell us um, if they're a good fit. But generally, um, I love estheticians that are new, so people right out of school. Um, many um, skincare spas like people with experience. They like people to bring a clientele. They like people with lots of training um, because often businesses don't have the time or the resources to put in the training, and that is not the case at all with our company. We, we like people that come with a clean slate so that we can mold them exactly how we want them. So, um, so I definitely, and I also feel, I feel like new estheticians are the underdogs because they go and apply places and so many people want people that, oh, you don't have any experience and you don't have clients to bring, then, oh, sorry, we're not interested. And so luckily we have a really extensive training program and, um, and we like people that don't come with bad habits. Um, a lot of times with an experienced esthetician, they're already kind of set in their ways and sometimes um, depending on the personality, if they don't like to change too much, it's hard to kind of adopt them into the Renee Rouleau philosophy um, if they've already kind of are set in certain patterns. So, so I definitely like people that um, are newer to the industry, but that's not to say I haven't hired exper experienced estheticians, but probably the biggest thing is people who love to learn, you know, that love to stay fresh and current and love just being open-minded about learning new things. That's me, that's just really important. And you can't always see that on a resume. So, um, um, so we're open to talking with everybody. And actually what's, what's really been nice is in the past several years, we have had, um, uh, we've hired two estheticians, one more recently and then one, um, about a year and a half ago, um, that actually have relocated from, from different states just to work for Renee Rouleau. And so for so many years, all of our estheticians were Dallas-based. And so now I'm very proud of the fact that my brand has expanded um, and estheticians literally will relocate to Dallas um, just and not even knowing anybody, but just because they believe in our brand and they're excited about what we have to offer. So that's very flattering. That is very flattering. How, how many estheticians do you employ as of right now? Uh, six. 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 Okay. I, I, I just love the way you created this brand. So you still do consultations. You still do. Do you just do facials at your spa or do you guys do waxing and other services? Uh, we do. We don't do waxing. We do facials and lifting treatments and acne treatments and peels and bioabrasion and, but everything related to the skin. We don't do, um, um, any, you know, Botox or any injection services, but we do have good relationships where we send clients when they're in need of those services, but, um, kind of, um, non-invasive results oriented skincare treatments. But um, when you talked about, you know, doing consultations and that sort of thing. So one of the things is about five years ago, um, I was having, or through the years, I'd have celebrities that would come through Dallas and they'd say, oh, Renee, you need to move to L.A. You need to open up to, in L.A. and I could send you all my friends and that sort of thing. And so about five years ago, I um, decided I wanted to have a presence in L.A., but since I don't live in L.A., I didn't want to open up a location there. So um, I do a pop-up in L.A. Um, every other month and have for the past five years. And I, I take uh, primarily celebrity clients, but then I take also, um, you know, non 
celebrity clients who like to see me. And so it's a great way to give me um, access to clients in that area. And then I do the same thing in New York uh, twice a year. And then, um, so I see clients up there as well. And then, um, um, and then when I travel, so like when I go to Vegas next week, I already have some skin consultations booked. I'll actually just meet with clients in the lobby of the hotel that I'm staying at that want to, um, you know, get on the products and learn about um, how to care for their skin. And, um, and then something exciting we're doing in September is when I go back up to New York, I'm actually bringing one of my estheticians with me, and she will also take clients too, and her rates won't be um, as high of a price as my rates are. So we just have such a huge demand for people in various cities like New York that would love you know, to see us. And so um, me and my esthetician will be doing a pop-up there for three days. And so it's a great way to um, to um, give us a presence in different cities, but at the end of the day, you know, it, it, without having to manage a, a location in cities that we don't live. And so we're looking at also going to Chicago and then bringing an esthetician to San Francisco. And so we might be doing little pop-ups around the U.S. Um, to um, meet the demands that we have there. So You're living exciting. the life that I did as a flight attendant, but as an esthetician, <laughs> you're, oh, you're, wow. you're, you're hopping all over the place, traveling yeah. and seeing clients. This is like, you know, and I got to ask you, how did you build this incredible reputation with your brand? Do you think it was from like you left Boston, you moved to Dallas? Was it through creating this wonderful, amazing product line that started getting you recognized with the celebrities? How did this all take place? Because I know everyone's going to want to know. Yeah, I think it's several things. I think once I started to go to LA and started taking um, celebrity clients, I think that kind of put me on the map because that generated a lot of media buzz when celebrities, you know, are talking about, you know, my line being a miracle worker. I mean, people love to hear what celebrities use and these aren't paid endorsements. And so I think people really, you know, really felt like this was celebrities talking organically about it, which they were and, and, and they are. So I think, um, going out to LA and tapping more into celebrity clients definitely, um, upped my game a lot. And, um, and they, you know, you never know when they're going to talk about you. And, um, so it's just organically they're being interviewed and they'll mention, you know, I love Renee Rouleau's you know, BHA clarifying serum, it's really, you know, made all my blackheads go away or whatever, or whatever the, you know, whatever they're talking about. So I think that was a big part of it. But then secondly, um, a huge part of it, um, um, is, is the blog that I started, which is on the advice page of ReneeRelo.com. And, um, I've written these 1500 blog posts. I still write once a week and, um, it's become such a huge resource, um, for estheticians as well as consumers that, you know, that want to learn more about their skin. And um, so when I ask clients, every time I meet a new client, I always say, how did you hear about me? And it's, you know, a lot of times it's, oh, because I hear Demi Lovato uses your line or, um, you know, whomever. And, um, or they'll, or they'll say, I was Googling um, how to, clean my pores and came across a blog post and said, wow, this person really knows what they're talking about. And so I started reading your blog and then slowly but surely I started using your line and I've had incredible results and I believe everything you say. And um, so I think those two things were a huge influence. And, you know, my line, you know, which many estheticians can relate to, um, my line is based on nine different skin types. And as estheticians know, you just can't put people into dry, normal, and oily. And that's what lines are still kind of doing. And you have a client, you go, wow, you look at their face and you go, they're dry, normal, and oily. Well, what am I supposed to do now? You know, and they have rosacea and they have hyperpigmentation and they still get breakouts. And so my line is very specific and the descriptions of each of the skin types um, really you know, nail down a skin type perfectly and people can take a skin type quiz and it will, you know, at the end will recommend products and tell them more about their skin type. But I think that resonates with a lot of people because people are like, yeah, I just don't know what my skin type is. And it's definitely not dry, normal or oily. I have more concerns with that. So I think, I think that also added to, um, 
you know, building our brand because people went, wow, this is me. Wow, no one has ever talked about my skin type in this way before. So that, that's been really advantageous as well. I know our listeners are going to want to, I won't make you go into the nine skin types. They can find them on your website. Will you just direct them to the website address yeah, so, so they can find that? Yeah. Yeah. So it's Renee which is R E N E E. Rulo is spelled R O U L E A U.com. And right on the homepage, they can see the link uh, for the skin type quiz. So to circle back, I guess would be your commitment to positioning yourself as an expert and really showing up and blogging, doing this consistently has tremendously helped your business grow. Absolutely. Oh yeah. And, and with Google, I mean, people, we come up so many times, number one, Google, you know, organic search. I don't do pay-per-click. I don't do any advertising online at all. And, um, you know, Google's just been really wonderful to me because they recognize that I put out legitimate content and that's really helpful to people. And they, you know, we get so much traffic. And also what's helped as well is that I've been, I've had a e-commerce site for 17 years now. My brother uh, was a web, web developer and 17 years ago, I asked him to build me, build me in um, an e-commerce store online. And so we've been selling online for 17 years. So we've been in, you know, the online space for many, many years. And I think that also, you know, having staying power, I think that is why Google has also uh, rewarded me as well because they went, wow, this girl's really been doing great things. And I, I was writing, they weren't called blog posts back then, but they were called skincare articles. And um, I was writing them, you know, easily 15 years ago and posting them on the website. So to this day, some of those older articles come up, number one, in, you know, organic search. So I think just being in that space for a long time has brought a lot of eyeballs to our website. Well, so I want to ask you about retail because I feel like this is where you could help a ton of estheticians. We turn into these and I'm guilty of it myself. Sometimes these pampering people pleasers, and we're scared to sell to our clients. Now you've built this amazing reputation and an amazing business really surrounding retail sales. How do you sell in a way, just talk about it a little bit. Maybe you could help somebody that's scared to offer their clients retail products. Well, what you first have to understand is that clients are buying um, solutions to their problems. That's the reason why people buy anything. They're trying to solve a problem. And so you have to determine and try to pull out of the client what the problem is. And, and so sometimes, you know, it takes a lot of real good you know, Q&A with them to get that out of them. And the, the biggest part of where you're going to do that is through the consultation. You know, so many estheticians are so eager, you know, they're like, oh, I have an hour before my next client comes in. And they're so eager to get the client in, get their face washed and start doing every single step of the facial and or whatever treatment they're doing. And they forget about the consultation. You know, they'll ask while they're washing their skin, they'll ask maybe a couple little questions. Um, you know, is your skin sensitive or, um, you know, just very vague questions. I certainly have had facials all over, all over the world. And oftentimes I don't tell them I'm an esthetician because I just want to be a customer and I want to feel what it feels like to be just to be a regular consumer. And, there's, you know, they don't do a good consultation, but then, so they don't really understand what my problems are. And then at the end, they'll sell me something, but they're not really solving a problem because they never really identify what the problem was. So there are times that, um, you know, I will take, you know, if need be, you know, I'll take much longer during a consultation and cut out a few steps during the treatment because to me, it's more important and for the customer to for them to understand that I'm really hearing what they're saying. And so a consultation has to be face-to-face. -face. You don't do a consultation upside down when you're looking at their <laughs> face and washing their skin. You literally talk to them face-to-face -face, just like a doctor speaks to, you, to a patient. And so really pulling it out of them um, what, what their concerns are. And a lot of times people don't really want to tell it. They'll say, oh, no, nothing. But, I mean, everybody, they wouldn't be they wouldn't be in your facial bed if they didn't have concerns. So you just have to really understand 
what they're, uh, what troubles them. And then when you sell, it doesn't come across as a hard sell because you're now trying to find solutions for them. So you'll say, Hey, Jennifer, you know, you mentioned to me that this was a concern and I have a product that really can help that. And this is how it works. And so it's really more about problem solving than it is about selling. And then also what you have to understand is that, um, they're buying their products somewhere. They might might as well buy them from you. I mean, they're you know people are definitely washing their face. They're putting on moisturizer, and they're going to buy it from somebody. So why not be the person who's the expert who really you know gets to know their skin? So I think just coming from a place of education is is always the best place to come. I like that problem solution. And if you're right, if they're not buying it from you and you're not sharing your expertise, then they're probably going and getting it on Amazon. And then you're going to complain about that later if they didn't buy it at your spa. So exactly, exactly. Share your knowledge. So I, I, again, going back to your social media, cause you're so consistent with it. I saw you just went to a school in Dallas and actually spoke to the students. Correct. It was actually a school in Austin. So oh, as soon as Austin. I came here, yeah, um, as soon as I came here, the school, the local school reached out and said, welcome to Austin. We'd love to have you speak to our students. And so that was great. I, I love doing that. Um, I did it in Dallas a lot as well. And um, what I really like to share when I go to the schools is very, you know, very tangible information about how to have a successful career as an esthetician. I also have a blog post that talks similar things um, about that as well. I have a whole um, esthetician section on my blog um, that is more um, career building type tips. Um, but yeah, that's that's super fun. I love doing that. I love, you know, they're fresh, they're 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 excited, and so. I like to share some of my wisdom from my road of 27 years of being an esthetician and, um, and they're always very receptive. So yeah, that was great to do that. Well, I know you you're super busy, so you're doing this just from a very generous place. What tips would you give somebody that's new right out of school? So I would, so there's a couple that I, I think are really important. And one is, to take the time to find the right place of employment that fits your personality. Um, it's, you know, sadly, it's a fact that a large percentage of people who go through the effort and investment of attending and graduating aesthetic school will never end up practicing aesthetics or they will do so for a short time. And I believe that this is because, um, you know, they couldn't find a job, obviously, um, or if they or if they did, the job wasn't the right fit for them. And I think when estheticians um, get out of school, they'll work anywhere, right? They're just, whoever will hire them, that's where they're going to work. And I think that's what the problem is. And so my advice is to explore every option for em- employment, but but make sure that it best suits your style and your personality. So for example, you know, there's day spas, there's hair salons that have facial rooms in them. There's um, skincare spas like what I have in Dallas and soon to be Austin. Um, there's hotel spas. There's cruise line spas. There's medical spas, doctor's offices, um, department store line spas, resort spas. Then there's also, you know, things like if you don't necessarily want to be a service provider, you could, you know, work in a department store or you could um, work at trade shows, you know, working for a skincare line. You can be an educator that way. You can be, you can be a teacher at the aesthetic school. And, and so there's so many different, um, and there's other, you know, other opportunities for estheticians as well that I have, that I didn't even mention, but the idea is that you need to really decide what's a good fit for you and, and really think, think that through because, Ultimately, you'll thrive in an environment that you really enjoy. And if you're somebody that likes to travel, cruise lines are great. Yes, you'll work like crazy. I mean, it's not like you're on vacation when you work on a cruise line. But if you like to travel and you want to see the world, that's a great way to um, to, to get that in. And so I think people have to really think about where, you know, what kind of environment works best for them. And then also when you interview and this is a mistake I, pe- I see people make all the time, and I understand why it happens, but 
you have to ask questions as well. You know, when I interview an esthetician, I'm interviewing them just as much as they're interviewing me. And so I always, you know, whenever we interview, we always say, what kind of questions do you have for us? You know, to, you know, don't, pull back, just ask us anything. And we want to encourage people to ask us questions because we want to find the right fit. And so again, you know, estheticians, they're just, you know, they'll work anywhere and, but you really need to know what you're getting into. And so coming prepared to an interview with questions is important because, you know, you don't want to waste your time working in a place that all of a sudden you realize, wow, I didn't realize this is what it was going to be like. So I really encourage estheticians to really think through about what kind of environment they would like to work to work in. And that also means talking to other estheticians, maybe people they went to school with and, oh, how do you like working for the doctor's offices? What, what would you say the pros and cons are? And really do your research to understand, um, you know, what kind of jobs are out there and, and what gets you the most excited because at the end of the day, when you love what you do, you will thrive. And when you're in an environment that you don't really enjoy, it it makes it harder to to have longevity. That's great advice because I feel like we do, a lot of us just get stuck and have that one open box in our brain. We're going to get out of school and we're going to go work for a spa, but this industry is just packed full of opportunities. And I love it. I always tell people something that's very similar to what you just said. It has to speak to your skincare soul if you want to show up and be successful. Yeah, that's, that's great. Absolutely. So now we covered the newbies. Why don't you give some tips for those of us that have been around for a while, how do we keep a good flow of traffic coming into our spa? Okay. So the biggest challenge for any esthetician will always be building their clientele. That will always be, you know, staying busy, keeping their books busy. And it's not easy. Um, So I would, I would definitely say um, that you have to, you have to, you know, it's the relationship business. That's what it is. And um, you have to mimic your client's personality. And what I mean by that is when you have a client coming in, look at their body language. See how, um, um, you know, how you can connect with them. And how you can do that is to really understand their body language. So if they're not much of a talker, then don't talk their ear off, you know, about personal things or whatever. And you really have to be a chameleon with every client and really try to try to mimic what their body language is telling you. So um, that's kind of one tip that is helpful. Um, and But the biggest thing, I think, and that people don't tap into is make your client's life easier. If you can make your client's um, life easier and better, they'll stay loyal to you. And what I mean by that is become their personal skincare assistant. So one of the things that one of the things that we do with our clients is we're always looking to anticipate their needs in between visits. So you have a client come in and you want to try to pull some of this information out of them. Oh, what are your summer plans? Are you traveling? Are you, you know, what do you, you know, what do you have going on or what, what is your job like or, um, and really understand their lifestyle. And then a great way to follow up with clients in between visits so they don't forget about you is to call them and, or email them or text them or whatever their preferred um, method of communication is you got to make sure you ask that, but follow up with them and um, say, "Hey, I know you said you were going to be traveling to Colorado this summer, and it's a lot drier there. And you know, I have a product recommendation for you that would be great. Um, you know, when you're there, or you know, so that's one example. And following up with them, asking them how they're, you know." Do they need any refills? We, you know, on their products, we can send them to them. And there's so many times when clients go, "Oh my gosh, you read my mind! I was just about to reach out, or I've been meaning to reach out." Or, um, and so always be one step ahead of them because if if they don't have to think about it, I mean, you have to understand every person on this planet is pressed for time, and they have a thousand things to do on their to-do list. And if you can make at least the skincare portion easier for them, then they have no reason to go elsewhere because you've made you've made it's so easy to do business with you because you always remember them. You're sending them little skincare tips that seem to hit at the right moment, you know, 
become friends, you know, follow them on Instagram and all of a sudden, you know, you'll see that a client, you know, your client's at the beach and maybe you text them a skin tip about how to make sure to apply sunscreen properly, but kind of stay on top of them and always be anticipating their needs. And that's, and clients love that. They don't have to think about it. You're already one step ahead of them. I love that, that you said, follow them on Instagram and get involved in their life. I took a class, this was several years ago with Jane Iredell. And she said there's a statistic that shows that we run out of products approximately every four months. So uh-huh. that is part of my follow-up plan. My clients get a text, can I ship you anything? Do you need anything yeah. from me? Because people really want to feel special and it's not salesy. It's taking care of them, like you just said. No, absolutely. Yeah. Save them an errand, save them to save them time. Absolutely. And would you do you yeah. ship for free for these people you reach out to or is there added shipping on? Um, we have free shipping over a hundred dollars. So most clients always spend over a hundred dollars. So, you know, we, we keep their credit card on file. And so we're able to, you know, just make it easy. And then, you know, a client will text back and be like, Oh my gosh, yes, I'm out of these three things. Great. You'll get it tomorrow. So people love it. How do you keep track of this? Do you have a backend system that you use or do you have mind body? Yeah, we kind of, uh, we kind of keep a database. I mean, and typically, you know, we have thousands of clients, but we, with my estheticians, we kind of focus on, I mean, you know, the clients that you really, um, that you really know would stay loyal, right? We don't do this with every single client because sometimes clients just come in for a one-time thing. It's a, you know, a daughter got her mother a gift certificate and the mom would never normally do this for herself. And so she may not be the person that we would follow up with like this. So we, um, we actually, um, in our client files, we still use paper files in a file cabinet and we do red files for kind of what we consider our VIP clients. So when you have a client come in that you, you, really feel like it's going to be a good client for you, then you put it in a red file. So that way you're always looking when you're flipping through your file cabinet to follow up with clients. You can also use that as a reminder to look at the different, you know, color file, uh, file folders. I'm old school too. I have an index recipe box that I keep my VIP index cards in. So I know, but you know what? You gave me another idea. I love this. I'm going to start making their index cards pink when I know (laughs) I need to follow up with them. Now, people look at somebody like you, I don't want to go to Debbie the Downer place here, but people look at somebody like you and they think Renee has such a beautiful life. I'm sure she never struggles in her business. Was there a time that you thought I'm giving it up or I'm walking away or I'm too frustrated where you had to regroup? (laughs) Oh, yes. Um, I would probably say the biggest challenge I have, um, biggest challenge I had was that was when I decided to no longer become a service provider. So there was a time when I didn't take clients. And what happened was um, I wanted to grow my company. I wanted to be bigger than myself. And even though I had estheticians working for me, um, I, I had bigger aspirations. And But when you're in a treatment room all the time, you know, and your time is spent with clients, it's very hard to focus on the big picture. And, um, and, and growing the company. And so I made a decision to phase myself out of the treatment room. So this was probably, I don't know, maybe eight years ago or so, seven years ago. And so through, um, so I slowly, you know, originally when I first opened up in Dallas, I took clients six days a week. And then maybe after two or three years, I was five days a week. And then I slowly kind of cut back. And so there was a point that I was three days a week and I decided to go from three days a week to nothing. And so I gave my clients six months notice. And throughout that six months, I would, um, I let them know that, you know, September one is when I would no longer be taking clients, but I, I'm going to introduce you to an esthetician who I think would be a great fit for you. And so I, um, throughout those six months, I would have the esthetician kind of pop in during the treatment and, you know, to kind of start, um, get a, getting a relationship built with the client so I could transfer them over. So September 1st came and I completely took myself out of the room and I thought, okay, you know, the clients will still um, keep coming. They'll be coming to my estheticians and now I can start focusing on um, growing the company and, and doing all the things that I wanted to do that I didn't have the time to do. Well, what I didn't realize um, and I'm sure so many estheticians can relate to this, is that um, the business, you know, 
so much of my revenue um, of the of the income that I was getting because of me being a service provider was paying the bills for the business, paying payroll, et cetera. And all of a sudden I found myself not being able to make payroll. And I didn't realize because back then I wasn't a good numbers person and didn't really have someone monitoring that very well. Um, I didn't realize how much of the company's revenues um, was dependent on me being a service provider. And so all of a sudden I couldn't bring home a dollar, you know, a dollar anymore, let alone trying to make payroll. And it was a really scary time because I thought, oh my gosh, you know, what did I do here? And so the easiest fix would be for me to go back into the room again and go, just kidding, I'm back (laughs) in the room again. And I decided, I believed in myself enough to know that, that I could do other things that would grow the company, bring in other streams of revenue, and um, and that I really wanted to focus on the big picture. And so, like I said, I, I, you know, I didn't want to go back in the room because that was just a Band-Aid, and I wanted to make my company um, thrive, be able to thrive without me and, or, you know, th- thrive without me being a service provider. So I... Um, I really worked hard, and, and what I really was trying to grow was our online business. And um, so I stuck it out. It was really hard. I had so much self-doubt because not being able to make payroll is a scary place to be. And um, But I just kind of stuck with it and worked really hard to grow the online business, and eventually, um, you know, that, that took off even further, and, and that was kind of the beginning of being able to grow the, the the online business and now we ship all over the world and that sort of thing. So so that was definitely a scary time. Um, and then I did end up going back in the treatment room when I opened up a second location in Dallas. I took out a $100,000 loan to open up the second business and I said, okay, well, I'm going to go back into the treatment room and then as soon as that $100,000, you know, that $100,000 loan gets paid off, I will phase myself back out again. And so um, so I went back in taking clients three days a week and also it was a new location and people wanted to be able to have access to the person whose name is on the door. And um, and then eventually I raised my rates and, um, and then when I got that loan paid off, I actually stayed in the treatment room um, two days a month, which is what I currently do. So that's when I go back to Dallas every five weeks and take clients two days a month. So... Um, um, but that was the responsible thing to do because I knew, um, you know, that was the right thing for the business at the time for me to have a presence in a new location. So, um, so yeah, so, you know, it's, it's very hard when somebody owns a business um, and they're the service provider. There's just not enough hours in the day and to focus on the business and also seeing clients. And so you have to make a decision as to how what's more important to you. Do you really love being a service provider um, or do you want to create a business bigger than yourself? And that's truly what the definition of an entrepreneur is, um, is trying to create something bigger than yourself. And that was my, my dream. But now on the flip side, I'm also realistic about what I don't want, which is I don't, I don't want, you know, I'm not interested in being a household name. I don't want, you know, my line is not sold in department stores and that doesn't interest me because you get to a point where business becomes all about numbers. And I really still love to stay close to skin. And so I've had incredible opportunities, people approaching me um, about all sorts of things. And, you know, 99.9% of the time I say no. And mainly it's because I love being an esthetician. I love it being about skin. And there it gets to a point where it really is not about skin anymore. And at this moment in time, that just doesn't interest me. So um, I'm very... Um, clear about where I'm headed. And estheticians ask me all the time, oh my gosh, Renee, I would love to, you know, sell your line and my practice. And 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 I, I'm sure I would do incredibly well doing that way. And that would be another um, income stream, but that's just not kind of part of my plan. That's, I just, I'm not interested in, in being everywhere. And um, I just want to kind of keep it short, fat, and happy. Although we have incredible growth every year. So that's not necessarily happening that way, but, um, but it's, I really want to stay true to what my plan and my vision is. And being a household name is not, is not interesting to me. 
what you just said was really powerful. And I hope everyone listening can take away when you are going through a struggle. The one thing I really heard you say is you have to believe in yourself. Absolutely. And know that it'll work itself out. And the second thing is stay true to yourself. You don't, and I go through a little bit of the same thing you're talking about. People say, why don't you just give up working in your spa and just do the consultant thing? It's doing so well for you. I have to be in my treatment room. It's part of who I am at this point in my life. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I love being in there. And a big thing I also, you know, feel like for me is I don't want to sell my soul. And that, you know, for the almighty dollar. And, and you know, people would be shocked at some of the opportunities I've turned down, Um when people come and, and wave money in front of my face and go, oh, look, we have this great opportunity for you. And, and money has never been the driving force for me. That's, it's, about, it's about doing what I love and being happy and, and staying true to what feels right for me. And the minute, you know, it becomes about just getting money, it's just it really loses a lot of it. And you can go down a really bad road. And I've seen a lot of um, estheticians and, and companies do that. You know, the minute that they just follow the I'm almighty dollar, it, uh, it doesn't always end up really well. So um, I, I love hearing stories of, you know, sadly, I love hearing stories of people making decisions that they regret because um, it, it's valuable lessons for me to go, wow, you know, look what happened to that person. I'll, I'll definitely not go down that road because of what they experienced. So it's helpful to also talk to other estheticians and, and other business owners about things they regretted. Do you, I know, do you have children? Is that something you have to fit into your agenda? I don't. I have two grown stepchildren. However, I've, um, I've, they've been in my life since they were one and 10 years old and now they're 19 and 27. So, um, so I've always had them in my life. Um, but, but me and my husband did not have children of our own. So So you still had to organize your life with two young ones in mind. For sure. Absolutely. And I adore them and, and trying to con one of them into being an esthetician actually. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know you're super busy. You told me you have workers coming to your home this morning. I appreciate you being here. I want to ask you one more quick question and then I'm going to let you take care of all the crazy stuff you have going on in your life right now. But that is about pricing. I feel like during the failing economy, we went into a discounting delirium with all these daily deals. And if I'm the cheapest person on the block, I'll grow my business. And you're somebody who does not fall into that category. You own your value and you charge an incredible, like inspirational type fee for your services. Will you talk to this a little bit and speak to how you have the confidence to do this? I think it goes back to selling your soul. And, um, I think it's, um, yeah, you have to know your worth and feel confident and, you know, you'll, you'll get people that say, oh, that, you know, you're too expensive and that's okay. You know, that, then that person wasn't the right client for you anyway. If they, if they don't value enough to pay what you feel like you are worth, then it's not a good fit. And it's also in my company, we really don't discount very much at all. Like, you know, there's companies that, um, I mean, you get, email blasts from companies are constantly, you know, having sales and discounts and buy one, get one free and free gift with purchase. And, and, and that's just, it's instant gratification, meaning, you know, no doubt sales will increase high when you discount, um, but it's fleeting. And so um, we rarely have promotions in our company um, because that's, I don't want people just to buy because there's a promotion. I want people to truly buy from us because they value it. So again, that's just, I feel like I sell my soul if I'm discounting and giving away freebies all the time, because to me, that's just a, that's just a ploy to get sales. And that's not important to me. It's more important for me to feel like we're valued and appreciated. And if people are the kind of people that, um, you know, I mean, not that, I mean, I love a free deal sometimes too, don't get me wrong. And it's not to say we don't ever do that. In fact, actually we have something going on as we speak till July 7th. So, um, a free gift with purchase, but it's only about once a year we do it. And, um, but I just think, I just think, um, it's about honoring and respecting yourself and knowing that, you know, you're attracting a quality type of client that, that has respect for what you do and not just coming to you because, of steals and deals. I like that. 
I just, I do. I feel like it's a shift we have to make. The economy is getting better and we need to step up our game if we want to stay in business. Yeah. And, and there's creative ways. I mean, there's creative ways to, to get business, meaning, you know, it's not just about discounting your service. One of the best, one of the best marketing strategies that I've ever done is to give away, to not discount a service, but to give away a free service. And what I mean by that is if you meet somebody, you know, in your travels, treat them you know, that you think would be a good client. Say you're at an event or something, you meet someone and you get talking about skin and they're like, oh, you're an esthetician, yeah. Well, you can hand them your card or whatever and say, um, you know, oh, yeah, come make an appointment with me. And they'll go, oh, yeah, I will. Now, you know, people people get busy, right? They They just kind of, they get busy in their lives and they might not do it. But when you say, you know what, I would love to treat you to a service. Um, complimentary. And they go, what? And they go, yeah, you know, I think I'd really love to show you what I have to offer. And, and I'd love, you know, to have you come in and, and then make a plan to get that going. Um, Because they're more likely to come in when they know you're doing something really nice for them, like a free service. Um, And, and show them, show, show them your talents. And then, you know, chances are they'll buy something because they you haven't charged them for it. So they're kind of probably feel a little guilty, like, oh, I should buy something because she's giving this to me for free. And um, and then another thing we've done as well is we've reached out, you know, we used to do this years ago, but we'd reach out to our top clients about a month before the holidays. And we'd reach out to our top clients and say, hey, you've been such a great client of mine. And I would love for you, you know, I'm sure you have some friends that could benefit from our services. I will give you... Um, um, you know, five gift certificates to give out to clients that you think would be, or, or friends of yours that would be good clients for us. And so during the holidays, people are always looking to give their friends or their own clients, you know, maybe you have a client who is an attorney or maybe, or whatever, whatever it is. And people are always looking to give out gifts. And so we would personalize a gift certificate from that person to give to their friend or their colleague or their client um, at no charge to them. So it's kind of a win-win thing. They get to give their friend a gift and their friend says, oh my gosh, thank you so much. And then your client is being the salesperson for you. Hey, I, I got you this gift certificate. I've been seeing this esthetician for three years. She's done such great things with my skin and I'd like to treat you this for the holidays. And, oh my gosh, thank you so much. So they've, they've, they're your salesperson. They already gave the client the sales pitch and, but they get to give this, you know, their friend, the gift certificate at no charge. So it's, you know, it's no loss to them. They're excited about it. They get to make their friend happy. Then their friend comes in and says, oh, my friend gave me this gift certificate and she's told me she's done such great things for your skin and, you know, you could do great things for my skin. And so then you get a new qualified client out of it. And that's a great way um, to really um, to get new quality clients um, and those are all personal referrals. So what a great form of advertising yeah, and you do it, I mean, during the holidays, everybody's looking to give out, you know, gifts. So, and we just kind of tell them we trust that you'll send us someone who you think you'll be, you know, who will be a good client for us. So you kind of put parameters as to what that might look like. So, because sometimes someone wants to give a gift certificate to somebody, oh, she would never do this for herself. So this is who I want to give this give this to, and that's not really the purpose of the promotion. You have to let them know, you know, please give this to people who you think truly would be regular clients or somebody that really does value them, their skin and, and would take the time out of their busy life to do that um, for themselves. So you have to kind of make sure you're giving guidelines as to who you want them to go after. Well, I just think you've generously shared such incredible business building tools today. I want to thank you for that because I know you're really busy with your move and doing some stuff to your home. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Lori. I appreciate you for having me on here. It's always an honor to be able to share the few things I've learned along the way with with your listeners. So thank you. I see that you're in LA in July. I'm going to see if I can book a facial with you. I don't know what my schedule looks like, but I would love to come in and pamper myself and get a special treatment from you. (laughs) I'd I'd love to see you. That would be great. Awesome. Well, how can everybody find you? I know they're going to want to check out your blog and your products and all that great stuff. So 
So uh, Renee Rouleau, again, R-E-N-E-E, Rouleau is R-O-U-L-E-A-U, so .com, and then I'm all over social media at Renee Rouleau. Awesome. Well, have a great day. I hope your construction work goes smoothly. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, a new house. We have lots to do, and that's kind of part of the problem is that you know we relocated our company here, and so we've been so busy with work and so it's like, oh, wait, I need to put furniture in my house. So um, so now things have settled down a little bit now. Things are a little slower for summer. So now I can try to, you know, we, we've been sleeping on a bed mattress in, on the floor for four months. So we actually get our new bed installed today. So that's quite exciting. So I, my, my beauty sleep will be better starting tonight. There you go. We were at the show in Chicago uh, in March and we stayed at a Westin and they had a dream bed in the middle of the bar at the hotel. They were wow. marketing it. And, you know, we came home and we bought one and I have been sleeping like a baby every single oh, night. It's gosh. been awesome. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. That's nice. So great. Well, thank you so much again. And, um, I hope I get to see you in July. If not, I'm sure we'll be in touch soon. I appreciate your time today. Sounds great. Thanks, Lori. I really appreciate it. Okay. Have a great day. Okay. You too. Bye, Renee. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Beauty Biz Show. I hope this episode leaves you feeling inspired to live beautifully. If you'd like a copy of my free report, Six Simple Strategies to Generate a Dramatic Increase in Your Beauty Biz Income, and fill your appointment book with valuable clients, please visit www.lauricrete.com or if you'd like to book an appointment at my spa in Los Angeles, please visit www.thespa10.com. Thanks again for tuning in to the Beauty Biz Show.